I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? Well, today, guys, I'm so thrilled to welcome Tyson Beck to Hoops and Cards here at the Basketball Forever Podcast Network. Tyson, how's it going, man? I'm going well, Gary. Um, pleasure to be here. Um, how about yourself? How are you going? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I'm glad that the Cleveland Cavaliers are actually uh, winning without LeBron. So I'm enjoying, you know, we, we are less than an hour away from Cleveland. So that's where that's where our podcast kind of kind of hails from and talks about cards. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Doing well. I am, uh, and and as you know, I'm honored that we're a part of the Basketball Forever podcast network and excited to hear about your connection and involvement that way. Uh, from what I understand, like you're co-founder of the the Forever Network, really, that's that's one of the branches is Basketball Forever. So thanks so much for what you do um, to spread the love of the game, the love of basketball around the world, man. We appreciate it. Oh, no. Yeah, most welcome. Um, it's cool to have a basketball um trading card a specific podcast um under the network and um um yeah it's i mean but i i believe basketball is the most fun best sport and um to follow and play and everything i absolutely love it so yeah 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 well and here's here's the thing like a lot of us may have heard your name or seen some of your designs with with tops and and other cards and, you know, like I mentioned before we started recording, I kind of went through all of your Instagram posts and saw so much NBA, like so much Iverson, Curry, Kobe, like to see you're, you're a fan. I, I love hearing that. Like, tell, tell me a little bit about how you fell in love with basketball. Um, how I fell in love about basketball? Yeah. Um, probably American basketball, even like American right? basketball, NBA. Yeah. yeah. So NBA. Well, actually, I didn't even like. I, I played like uh, like football here, which is like Australian rules. It's not gridiron or uh, NFL or whatever here. And just one time I went to a friend's house and there was a PlayStation game called, uh, I think it was NBA Live 96. And I didn't even like basketball before then. And I played it and I got hooked on it. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> I love playing the video games so much. Um and then the next year for Christmas, um, you know, I asked my parents, I got I got to get the next NBA game, and I think it was NBA ninety nine, um, and um, and I had to pick a team, and like Chicago, I think, or maybe it was ninety eight, I can't remember, but it was like Chicago was the number one rated team, and I was like, I can't pick the pick, I can't pick the number one rated team, I'll go with the second best team, and that uh, in the rankings, and it was Utah, and I was like. I don't like their logo and I'll go to the third team and it was the Lakers. And then that's just how I picked the Lakers as my team. And so, which isn't a crazy story, but I got super lucky because, you know, obviously going for the Lakers in 99, they ended up winning three consecutive championships. And I was like, <laughs> right. how easy is this? Um, um, but ever since then I've been hooked Like basketball is my life. Um, um, I mean, that's the saying go ball is life. Like it's, it's, yeah, it, I've been hooked on it ever since it's been, it's actually crazy to think that just playing that video game at a friend's house once actually changed my life, um, and has impacted my life so greatly. Cause I guess it's, yeah, it's not only my hobby, it's, it's my professional life as well now. Um, so yeah, it's insane. I love it. And I'm so glad you picked the Lakers and not like, uh, the Vancouver Grizzlies or. 
you know, some other yeah, team. And you're like, man, this is boring. You you picked a good team. I know I was so close to picking Utah because I just I I wanted I didn't I wanted a good team, but not the best team. So I was gonna go number two and I'm happy I didn't do Utah. No, no, no disrespect to Utah, <laughs> but um they yeah, they're just one of those teams that are already always around the mark of the playoffs, but never really do anything once they're in there. Right. Well, so your your love of NBA, I love hearing a bit of your origin story, but also as a designer artist, like uh, speaking into and influencing culture as well. Like how, at what point did you say, hey man, I want to start doing some NBA, some some basketball, because your design work is incredible. Oh, I really do appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I was, when I was in high school, I really, um, I was at that point, it was like year 10. And then they start to set, you know, um, over here in the high school, um, it's year 10, 11, and 12 is the final three years. And year 10, they kind of go out to you and go like, you know, you got to start planning year 11 and 12. You got to pick your courses. What are you good at? What do you like doing? And I was just like, I don't like, I'm good at maths. Um, it's the only subject I'm good at at school, but I don't like it. The only thing I like is basketball, <laughs> but I'm not like that. Very, I'm like, I'm not good at it. Like I got, I got, I can never be a professional athlete. So um and they were like well what like what do you like good and i was just like oh well i'm art class i'm good at but i don't actually enjoy it design class i'm good at i actually don't enjoy it but it's like the one thing and i i don't know it's like a spark or something i was like well i like basketball and i'm good at design and art why don't i merge the two together and then actually do something that because i didn't art and design classes suck like it will just like you know, drawing flowers and doing like, you know, just like, you know, just things that didn't interest me, but I kind of was doing pretty good at it. Um, and I just combined the two together. I hopped online forums back in the day. Um, this is like 2005 <laughs> and people wanted like avatars and signatures. And they'll be right. like, I'll go on a forum and they'll be like, oh, make me a, I don't know, Marcus Camby, like, you know, a Denver fan. We're like, oh, cool. And I'll just make someone a signature and I'll just post it. And then I started posting wallpapers and, and all that was like 2005. Um, and I used to just have my, put my name in the bottom of the corner of like, uh, uh, anyone that's younger probably don't even know what a forum is, but um, I just had my name on the, the signatures and the wallpapers and stuff. And, and then it quickly accelerated because back then not many people were doing it. Like there really wasn't, mm. now there's a massive sports design community. There's like thousands of people that do it and they're so talented and everything. But back then there was like no one doing it. It was very untapped, um, like a niche market. So I guess I was one of the trailblazers that started it. And then pretty much all the work came to me because there really wasn't many people doing it, especially from like mm -hmm. a external, like a freelancer point of view. And um, like, I remember I was like, I had three, I had three like goals, like, or I had, uh, yeah, three goals I wanted to do. I was like, I want to work for, uh, do design work for the Lakers one day. Kobe Bryant and the NBA and like and I had I was working with the Lakers in 2007 when I was 18 years old oh doing, wow yeah and then Kobe wow. was a few years later and then the NBA hired me um just for eight I, I worked for them for eight years under retainer um doing all their digital marketing digital assets um uh, for like all-star weekends, um, NBA finals, play everything you saw on social media for eight years was pretty much 90% was done through me. It was insane. And um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Just all from where it started of just enjoying basketball, but 
wanting finding out that maybe design and art was the way that I could stay involved in Basel without playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I have so many questions now, <laughs> like how you, how did you initially get connected with the NBA in that capacity? Cause that, yeah, so that had to be I, like a, a, an unforgettable moment in your life, a game changer really. Yeah. I did kind of, uh, I didn't dive into too many details of it. There's been so much yeah, that's yeah. been done, but I just kind of did a broad overview. I mean, the, it was funny. The thing is, I mean, the Lakers thing, there was magazine, co- there was a magazine cover contest. Um, or it would have been 2006, maybe 2007. And like the Lakers and the Suns were like rivals then. That was when like, you know, Rajah Bell was clotheslining Kobe. That was with uh-huh. the play- back-to-back playoff series um, in the first round. Phoenix and Lakers just did not get along. And I won um, a competition to have my artwork as Steve Nash on the front cover of this magazine, uh, this Phoenix Suns magazine. And um, inside it, they, they asked for a bio on the artist. And, um, you know, one of the questions was favorite player and favorite team. And I said, uh, favorite player, Kobe Bryant, favorite team, Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers. And they said, look, we're happy to put your artwork <laughs> on the cover, but we cannot put publish that. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, but they were, and then they said, look, as a, um, as a, how about, um, instead of publishing that, we will, uh, send the Lakers, uh, like the Lakers, I don't know, digital or marketing team, whatever it is, your, like your portfolio. And I was like, yeah, cool. That sounds yes, good. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then that's how that happened. So it's funny, like it, how, like, it's just an odd story, I guess. Um, so it was like my name, uh, my favorite player and favorite team not being in a magazine ended up leading me to um, contract work with the Lakers. And that was, I think I did like two, maybe three seasons with them. Um, and for the NBA, no, you should just push content out like it just as a fan. Like, and I think that's like team, like teams and leagues and um, agencies and stuff are pretty smart. They, they, you know, mm. they saw my stuff and I'm coming from like a fan's perspective and, like I, I guess they could see that I was knowing what I was talking about when I'm posting content, posting design. Like I just make stuff for fun. Um, but then I'd post client work as well. And I literally just got an anonymous email from the NBA. I think it was 2014. And they said, uh, yeah, it was 2014 coming into their season. They said, Hey, we're seeing, you know, your stuff on Instagram. Um, do you want to mm. design like, like a graphic for the NBA to announce the upcoming season? And I said, um, Oh, like first of all, I said, "Well, like, is this fake?" Because like, uh, right. like it was just—it was just a very Pinch like, me. yeah, yeah. But it was just like a very like low key email. It was just like, "Yeah, seeing your stuff looks good. Do you want to do a graphic for us?" I was just like, "Oh, okay." Just didn't seem real. So once I verified it was real, um, I was on board. And what I didn't know that the NBA was super smart. What they did was they actually got thirty design. They actually picked uh, thirty designers, artists um around the world and they made no sorry it wasn't 30 um it was less sorry it was i think 15 and everyone made two graphics that was it um and um everyone made two graphics they 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 gave um a few players um the direction and everything of what to do uh to announce i think it was like every everybody up or something It it was like a slogan for the season whatever it was and everyone made something and then what they actually did without telling anyone I've never, I haven't been on Reddit. So I didn't see it until I heard about it later is they actually went to Reddit, the NBA Reddit and said, 
here's the like here's the 15 or something posters for like uh for the upcoming season pick which one's your favorites and what they did was they obviously we, we got paid for the work but then what they did was um they i think it was the top three or the top four people um that the, were, were voted for which they didn't and it was good they didn't tell us because then we would just send our people to vote it up and all that we had mm, no idea this was mm, happening. that's true and then they um they came back with uh, a contract to work to work with them for the entire season so unfortunately mine was one of the ones selected and then they came back and said like um they didn't tell me what happened like yours was voted it was just like it was only um after speaking to them like in years ago years past like oh you know it was just conversation they were like that's what happened i was like oh that's cool um how that they actually had that idea um and yeah fortunately i was selected and um that was the 2014 season and then i worked for like um yeah the next eight years with them and i don't really do work with them now i do work with nba canada um but um yeah it was it was it was wild um and uh I yeah as fun as it sounds it, it was a lot of hard work a lot of pulling out hair late nights early mornings mm. I mean as you know NBA is literally like a 365 date something is going on there's no That's off true. season there is goes no off the, season no it goes from the finals to the draft straight away and then it something yeah big. it helps that it's a passion project for you like you obviously love the game you love art and bringing it to life in different ways. In fact, um, you guys listening, make sure you check out at Tyson Beck on Instagram. Check out this guy's artwork. Scroll back like I did. Look at uh, 2012, 2013, 2014. If if you're a fan of the NBA, you can't help but love the, the life and the energy and the creativity that you put into all this. And I also love knowing that uh, at some point, uh, this crossed over into actual sports card design for you. And, yeah. uh, and that's where like, we have, we have, you know, the whole range of basketball from collectors that just love having basketball cards to investors who are looking to get the limited edition autograph, you know, uh, latest release, those kinds of things. But at some point you, you developed a heart or a passion for sports cards. And I'd love to hear maybe how it took that turn for you. Yeah, so for me, I grew up collecting trading cards um, as a kid. Um, uh, I remember my first trip to America in 2000. Um, I was given like an allowance from my parents to like, you know, buy <laughs> things in America. And um, I'm pretty sure 90% of it went to trading cards. Um, it, I just <laughs> right. remember being, yeah, and just buying <laughs> a bunch of like just and just I don't even know what I was buying. Like, I guess there was no, especially in Australia, like, I like, I don't know if I was buying crap or good, but I assume I was buying mm. crap, but whatever. It was just cool. I liked the 90s cards. Um, for me, uh, I, I guess even when I was young, I always had like a design eye. I liked visual things. I hated reading books. I was a very visual person. I really liked the 90s cards. Um, loud, um, I just cool, just that whole vibe of them. They were cool. Um, and opening them up, that was, you know, trying to huh. just get like the players. Like obviously I was hoping to get Kobe or Shaq um, and I was able to get a few. And then what I would do is it was a uh, trading card store in my local city. I'd just pick up singles later on, like uh, I'd pick up Lamar Odom cards, Derek Fisher, Kobe, just, players that I like I wouldn't really buy packs and boxes and stuff I would just 
look at cards that I like and buy what I like. Um, and then I guess it was at the same time that I was becoming uh, doing design work and stuff, I guess that I was becoming, I was creating myself. I actually distanced myself from trading cards because I just kind of like, I don't know, it was like my style of design and art was very different to the trading cards, uh, even especially at that time, like in the mid 2000s. Um, I guess it became more like, like most cards templated, there weren't like crazy inserts like in the nineties. And for me, yeah. I just kind of fell out of love of that. I was just like, Oh, like I wouldn't make something that looks like this. So I don't, I don't know. I just kind of feel like I can't buy it. It was, I guess it was a little different because like a lot of people aren't designers or artists and they just like, they might, um, they might resonate with something, but I don't sort of thing. And it was just at that time of growing up. Um, so I kind of fell out and then, um, what happened um, was in 2014, it was the same thing as the NBA. Like I just got a random email from top saying, Hey, you know, mm. we've seen, seen your stuff on Instagram. Um, it looks cool. We're wondering how it would look on a card. And I was just like, yeah, um, this is cool. Cause when I've always wanted to design trading cards and um, but like, not like, um, and it was good because they were approaching me looking at my stuff and wanting me to make stuff like my stuff, not like put me in a box. So it was really right. cool. Yeah. Which they, you know, I respect them. They had a great envision, uh, vision for that. Um, and the first product I did was called Tots Fire Football 2014. And that was the first, and it was like an NFL um, set. And I did that. Um, and um that was crazy because it was like a whole box and I guess it was the first time. So, you know, yeah, it's certainly not my best work, but like I look at it as some of my favorite work because it's my first cards ever. Like it's cool. Like that it has a story behind it to me. Um, and then over that journey, I did a bunch of baseball cards, um, and more football cards with tops and everything. And, um, I'd done one set of Kobe cards with Panini. It's called like Hero Villain, I think it is, something like that. Um, I think it was in Kobe's last season. Um, but that's the only like NBA cards that I've done. Um, and then more recently in 2020, um, uh, I guess what happened was like I've built up like I guess a lot of connections, a lot of um, uh, following and um uh, just like, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess in, in this sports industry in 2020, when like COVID happened pretty much like in the blink of an eye, like all my freelance work just stopped because the sports stopped. Mm, and I was yeah. like, Oh, okay. Like for me, I didn't really care. Cause I was like, you know what? I've been going so hard for six, seven years. I need a break. So this is like a forced break. Um, but as things started to return, I think a lot of, and, and it's completely fine. A lot of, um, uh like leagues teams or whatever they're looking after like internal employees first rather than like uh freelancers remote people like me um because obviously like there was a, no one knew what was going on like you know mm -hmm. at that time like this was before people were getting handouts and everything so i was just like oh i gotta pivot let's this is a great opportunity for me to start doing something else um and uh i looked at cards and you know i was doing some tops cards and it was selling well at the time and i was like well what's like why don't i just do my own cards um mm. and direct with the athletes obviously i don't have i don't use any of the licensing of like the nba uh nfl M whatever all the league like i don't i don't have like obviously there's a monopoly in that so i can't get into that 
but mm-hmm. um, I thought I can work with the athletes directly and do athlete cards. And, um, and then that's kind of how, how it happened. It was just, um, I took the risk I, I, and I had to bet on myself. Cause like, I mean, these athletes, you know, that they obviously demand a lot of money. Well, not demand, sorry, but they, um, it costs a lot of money to sign them up and get the, get a deal going. And it's all up front. And, you know, mm-hmm. as an individual, I don't have like investors and big backing behind me. So it was pretty scary at the time, but I was, I was like, well, it's time for a change. You know, I felt like um, it was something the industry kind of needed because at the time there was redemption, sticker autos, all this craziness. And I was like, um, I was like, nah, like, like I, got, I got to do this right. Let's get, let's, you know, on card only, you know, some really unique designs, like not templated. And yeah, that's kind of how it, it, the vision was. And it's been a pretty wild journey ever since uh, starting that in 2020. Yeah, I think I think one of the best parts uh, or or byproducts of the the pandemic and all those all the ways that shut us down was it pushed uh, like sounds like in your case gave gave you a nudge to to go out on your own to be an entrepreneur and to to take some risky steps like you said and do something different but you're right man the the basketball card market in the 2000s the cards were boring basic yeah. looking like they they weren't very uh, attractive i mean I, I feel bad too because some of the the rookies that came out during those years lebron james steph curry james harden like the basic yeah. Steph tops rookie is just dude in a white t-shirt. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to overpay for that Epic card because it's Steph Curry, but still like yeah. uh, you can tell since about 2012, 2013, more, more yeah. money, more brands, more artists, more inserts, yeah. more parallels, more technology, all those things, all that to say, like, I'm so glad you jumped in and, and got connected with the NBA that way. And with tops, I think it was with tops where I, where I first heard your name and probably a lot of us with yeah, uh, project, project 2020. Yeah. With, yeah. Uh, that was, that was a crazy time. Yeah. I bet. I bet. And so now to be, uh, you know, I I'm on your mailing list, so I get updates when there's new releases and uh, so, nah. uh, your new cards, like Allen Iverson and the Steph Curry championship series, um, your Kobe Bryant stuff. Like I would love for you to, to just, give us uh, as, as listeners and card collectors kind of an overview uh, because I think there's going to be, there will be more artists that follow that trail and say, Hey, look uh, it's, it's a all access world right now. Like you can, you can go and download a podcast from anybody, or you can, you can create and market yourself and, and have connections that you're not waiting on licensing or you're not waiting on, a certain deal or not, if you're, if you're willing to get out there and, and do something and it's quality, like it's, it's going to get discovered, you, you know what I'm saying? And and people are going to love it. So um, I'd love to hear like what, what you've got going now and maybe how, how, how you think that fits into the overall like world of sports cards. Um, I mean, I feel like it's like what I'm doing is still a very niche market. Um, and I'd never want it to grow um, much more. I like it niche. I like keeping it mm. small print. Like even my base cards now, are like limited to a hundred, sometimes less. Um, I like keeping it really small. Um, I mean, long term, I think, you know, there might be a potential where like in 20, 2025, 2026, I can maybe put my brand underneath fanatics and tops and start doing license. NBA cards and I don't have to worry about paying for players likeness and all that stuff. Cause at the moment I have to, you know, obviously 
um, you know, to sell things legally, I have to get athletes likeness. And, and I always say I get them to sign the card, oh, some, you know, some signed cards, some non-signed cards. So everything's all legit. Um, so, I mean, that would then make things a lot easier. Uh, I wouldn't have to be doing things, you know, one by one. Um, I mean, that's like long-term vision. Um, but, mm. you know, I'm still, you know, I'll still be going away, um, going away every year. Like I'm focusing on what to, who to do next year. Obviously everyone knows like, you know, 2023, it's a very, a year of uncertainty, I guess, across all markets, like stock shares, real estate, mm. um, collectibles as a whole, like what, like watches, like everyone was, everything went up in, in previous years. And, and, and a lot of people are saying cards are going down, but you know, in my opinion, I don't think they're going down. I think every, like everything is literally just, like people need money so they're selling specific things right um, yeah. and cards are so easy to sell they're, they're the easiest thing to sell like if you need an extra 100 bucks 200 bucks 500 bucks and you got a card whack it on ebay put it on facebook marketplace you can sell it like that but like selling a couch might be there for a few weeks like you know it's just the <laughs> shipping it yep Yep. yep. Well, that's that's um, kind of how I got back into cards was I mm-hmm. I wanted something that was a hobby that I enjoyed that I could that at least wouldn't be uh it wouldn't suck all of my money. It would be a chance yeah. to to make some money back like you're saying and after after I got in back in for a while and started networking with people around the world that that listen and want to talk about this stuff um, they sort of get tired of the the mainstream brands and they are looking for limited edition stuff. They are looking for unique design stuff. Yeah. And I get like, honestly, I'm like, I know the, and this isn't me to, I don't like to toot my own horn or anything, but like, I don't, there's so much negativity, like on, you just look on social and everything. I'm honestly stunned and amazed at just the positivity I get. Like Mm. I rarely get much negativity, which I mean, I mean, to be honest in, in this world, it probably means you're not doing a good enough job if you're not getting negativity um but yeah every like for me like the priority is just like uh, like customer support quality control and like you know i'm i'm there every day i'm speaking people still email me thinking like there's a team behind me it's like no it's me i'm replying to your email like i'm sorting out shipping labels i'm doing everything like and more so that for me like i do have people helping me but um for me it's like a it's like one of those things if you, if you if you need it done right you do it yourself like i've always yeah. had that motto and it's just like it's not like a trust factor but um i don't know the more i've done this i was like you know what people are spending a lot of money on these cards i can't have the, the wrong cards going out to people i can't have you know all this stuff so i was like i just gotta do it all myself like um and completely fine with that and i think in the long run it's it's the return my returning customer rate is insane um mm. And mm. that's because I think people have a good experience. They get what they pay for. And um, and then also, like, I don't really like, you know, I, Australia's a little bit different to America. I know sports gambling is, like, just kind of fresh in America, like, in terms of, like, legalization, um, you know, online. We've had that, like, we've had that for 20 years or something in Australia. Like, you can bet on anything, live bet, whatever, on your phone. We've had that since I was freaking 14 years old or something <laughs> and um yeah for me it's like oh i don't i know i've seen so many people like just like yeah gambling is not a good thing like i know it's fun and everything but people it does destroy lives relationships families all that so for me it's like my cards it's like no nah, you just you buy you, you buy something you get what you get like i i always get people like oh you should do packs and boxes and all this stuff and i was like 
I don't know, but then I'm for me, then I'm actually I feel like I'm then uh kind of uh then there's a gambling thing. Then it's like mm. people are mm. buying this to hope to get this. And you know, maybe occasionally yeah. I would do like a little pack or something, but um 99.9 percent of the time it's just like here you know this is a Giannis auto that's what you get it's it's like buying singles um direct yeah. uh breakfast and panini and tops and everything do that as well and you know on their online releases but yeah for me it's like i just rather that then everyone's happy you buy get what you want and you know yeah yeah, yeah well and it seems like in the last year and i know this has always been true but i, I think it's it stands out more and more uh as as the market kind of, I agree with you. I don't think it's going down. I think it's it's maybe just returning to some sense of normalcy after the a lot of the fast money was in and out. But yeah. like, but like uh, scarcity or rarity or limited number cards are are always going to be a draw. There's always going to be a pull to those. And and I one of the things I'm, I'm curious about when you work with uh, the athlete directly. Yep. If if I'm a player, like I love the idea of working with a designer on my cards. Some of these guys, you know, they they collect and spend big money on their own cards. Yeah. And so the chance to to not just um, have have a beautiful card, but work with the designer on it, I, I'd love to hear how that's gone for you yeah. and and how some of the players have responded. Yeah, it's it, it's been awesome. I mean, I when I sat down with Alan Iverson, he wanted to keep half the cards himself. He was like. <laughs> He said, these are the coolest looking cards I've ever signed. He's like, and he's like, dude, I, I can tell you, I've signed a lot of cards in my lifetime. And he's like, these are the coolest ones I've ever signed before because they've got, I like, he's looking at the details. He's, they've got specific things about me. And he's just like, usually I sign cards and it's like, like, you know, I get it. Like my cards, it's a part of a set, but it's like, it's not specific to me. And that's what I was like, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, you know, and he was like, this card here says four times scoring champ. He's like, I've never seen a card that says mm. four times scoring champ. Why is that something that gets looked over? He's like only, uh, I can't remember what he said. I think he said only Michael Jordan, Will Chamberlain have more. I think uh, I could be wrong. I mean, I doubt it. He's wrong, but I think he said he's got like the third highest or, or tied third most in NBA history. And he's mm. like, why isn't there never, why is this the first card I'm signing with that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, so I thought that's cool. Like getting that. And then even like another experience is like Floyd Mayweather. He like, and every time I do like, if they got a team of people, they want them. And I'm like, well, I'm paying for these. I can, like, <laughs> right. I, I can organize maybe some cards sent out later, but I just got to get these cards back and ship because I got to case them up and get them all, all sorted first. But yeah, um, Floyd loved them. He was looking at them and he was just like, these are so cool. These are, again, he was like, I haven't signed cards like these before. This is really cool. Um, and, you know, for me, the players have been the athletes have been really easy to work with they've been um i think a lot of the younger ones as well like they're like a lot of them like especially in the nba you see what they wear like yeah they're out there like i mean that's kind of their style and and you know not like my cards are like that but they're still might be a little bit more loud and um a little bit more like a uh you know visually kind of um uh, more have they might have more visual elements than the cards they're used to seeing so they mm -hmm. kind of see them and go this is cool this is different and um yeah everyone's kind of been on board um honestly like yeah there's only one player that said no so far um and that was because i was working with another player before everyone's been really good like um if mm -hmm. we can get the money to work um and the deal done everyone's down with it so 
Um, I mean, for me, I feel like it would it should it yeah. Thinking it, I thought it would be harder than it is. Like maybe like these mm. players, they're like oh no, nah, not interested. But everyone's been really keen and supportive, and um, it's been yeah, been fun and um and yeah, sitting honestly like sitting down and getting these cards signed with the athletes again. It's not that's that's for me. That's just so I can, can control things, get things done properly. Gets because you know in pre sometimes in past signings like they've signed in the wrong spot or something's gone wrong, um, and for me it's like no, nah, I just got to be there. I got to get it all done and and just yeah. get it done right, and then you know allows the better chance of the better card. And because uh, I'll never do the sticker auto route. That's one thing you never you know talk to me in fifty years time. I'll never make a sticker auto. I'm never doing it. Like um, and the sad thing is it's so much more profitable to do sticker autos. It create like yeah. it's like but um i like on card like for me i would never buy a sticker auto myself um i just don't like it visually um and i can't i can't do that to my are you card. would you say it's better to have no autograph at all than to have a sticker auto oh or, i would say no because uh, i've had i've heard that debate lately i'm just saying because so of said, that it's just yeah i would say sticker autos have their place like for example like sure. let's say someone's unfortunately passed away but they're got a bunch of sticker autos laying around it'd be cool to do like what about it there's like kobe set in two or three years time that's marks like a 10-year anniversary of his 60-point game and there's autographs on it that would be cool as hell true um so i think sticker autos have their place um for me yeah i i don't know it's the same but also i'm the same as like uh you know the patch autos that aren't worn i i feel like Mm. i'd rather just go patch like i don't know yeah 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 so I was thinking as you're talking about working with these with these players, some of them, like you said, Iverson, these are the coolest cards I've I've seen. Or how, yeah. how come it's the first one that says this about me? Uh, it sounds like they 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 realize, hey, this this like so, like their shoe line or like their clothing line, this, a card can be an extension of or a, a representation of that player, and it is, you know that. And I, I don't know how often they either get the chance or or even want to speak into how how one of their cards is designed like is that is that a thing or do you present them and say hey here's here's what i'm thinking like how does that how does that yeah, process work are any any players interested in that even yeah so all the artworks approved um by them um before it goes to print um so okay. they're a part of the process for sure which again i think that makes it a cooler part like um you know that's not the same with other cards like with other cards um, in the in industry, I guess one when you have league licensing, they approve the card, and then the athlete gets it and they just sign it. They they're not approving the card before, so they're a part of the process and making the card. Which for me, it's different. There's actually a little story behind it, mm-hmm. um, and for me, I don't know if it's just me personally, but there's a story behind each deal. Every every collab, um, how it's done, you know, how how it got, you know, where it got signed, like. I remember like, you know, my first one, for example, Jason Tatum, he signed it in the bubble. Um, I FedExed mm. it to him inside the bubble to his hotel room. And this is when he they just first got in the bubble. They were in, they're locked in their hotel rooms. He can't do anything. No one can go in the hotel room. Someone like opened the door, slid in the box, and then kind of like stood at the door and like took the photos of him <laughs> signing it. And then he FedExed it back the next day to me. And it was at my so it went from Australia to florida like uh disneyland or whatever it was disney world took three days to get there and then he signed it and then it took three days to get back to me so it took seven days total from 
for me getting it <laughs> to the printers. Him and when I po- when when I started mailing out the cards, there was a bunch of people saying these can't be real. Like we're being told that these players can't sign cards. I'm waiting for rookie or, ro- rookie redemptions from Tatum. These can- and people were like not a lot, but there were definitely a few people in my DMs and stuff going these these cannot be real autographs. And I was like. No, they're re- but for me that it like same thing happened with Giannis as well. A lot of people thought they were fake, and it was just like for me that actually, I I take that as um, a compliment because I was like, you don't even believe this can be done, and it was done. Like, because <laughs> yeah. they're not do they're only saying it because they're like whatever. They're like, no, there's no way he he could not sign it in the bubble. We're told that, and I was like, no, like he did. Like and you got the picture uh, of the guy signing. Again, right? I got I mean, yeah, and yeah. I send that. I try not to send too many pictures out, but if someone's ears like, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, here's a picture. He's signing the cards. Here's a video. Like, you know, yeah. there, have a look." Um, not but, that they're uh, entitled to see it, but you've got it. No, no. So <laughs> I, I do try and share more stuff now, but at the start, I tried not to. I guess I just didn't know because I was like, "Well, the big companies never share photos of people signing cards," so I was like, "Well, right. maybe there's a reason behind it." So I was like, "I won't share them," but now I start to share a little more because I'm at the signings now. So I guess it's just. I don't know. It's just me documenting it. So, um, yeah, and they don't want but, you to know when it's the player's mom signing the card or something like, yeah. Well, fortunately I haven't had any, um, um, <laughs> Lulu. Anything like that go down yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, you're one of your like most recent and, and I believe most popular has been the Steph Curry series, the, the champion series of cards that you've done with him. And I don't, I don't know like how much you want to say about that or how that's gone, but I just think that was a great, Obviously, a great idea coming out of the Warriors championship and Steph being um, at the top of the hobby and collectible or investable for the rest of, I mean, the next the next few generations. I think Steph Curry is a game changer. Yeah, Steph Curry is like, in my eyes, Steph Curry could be like what, you know, Jordan is um, to kids. Jordan was to kids in like the 80s, 90s, um, the kids now and like. Um, you know, I think in 30, 40 years time, like the same thing. It's like, you know, I, I couldn't afford, um, you know, a Kobe auto and stuff when I was super young. I could only afford it when I got older. So I feel like a lot of Steph's cards, autographed cards and everything, when people get older, like he, he's just, he's, he's on that Mount Rushmore sort of thing. Like he's, he's locked in. He's so, gen- like, he's so popular though. Like, you know, I, um, I feel like, you know, uh, just because he, a regular dude thinks they can be like Steph. Like, whereas a LeBron, like you got to be a physical specimen to be him. You can't like, you can't be LeBron where it's like, it's like achievable to be Curry. Cause you're like, Oh, I could just shoot the ball. And he's not totally, totally changed the game. Like um, two nights ago, I was at my son's basketball game. So he's 17. Right. And we got to watch the, the junior varsity play. And then the varsity and in warmups, all these guys are chucking up threes. They're shooting threes. There's no more layup line. It's just three, three, three. Wow. And there are guys shooting threes who I know that kid better never not shoot a three in a game. Oh, yeah. But they're do- they're doing it. And some of the kids are even doing the dribble drills with the two hands, like doing the Steph wow. Curry before the game. But but you're absolutely right. And uh, yeah. so he's, he's a legacy play. So I feel like just that alone. Like Obviously, he's had an amazing career. He's won four championships. He might win more. Um, won awards, his broken records. So, like, his name's set in the stone. But even just that, 
Uh, like, again, that's one of the reasons why Iverson's probably a little bit more collectible than what his career gave him, which is like he didn't win championship. He only won one MVP, a couple of scoring titles. But because he kind of like he was like really, uh, I mean, his fashion and he like just mm-hmm. off board. He, everyone wanted to be Iverson at one point, like mm-hmm. just the way he wore his clothes, wore his like baggy jerseys, shorts, all that stuff. Like the tattoos, I guess, even at the time were kind of, uncommon um where they're common now um but yeah the steph thing the first card um i did of steph um was uh before the 2974 uh like him breaking the records actually did one in 2021 and i i just assumed it wouldn't get approved because i just said Mm -hmm. um let like get him to sign the record-breaking card before it happened um so it's pretty cool when the ball went through the basket um the cards dropped on the side wow. and they're in wow. and and they've been with me for months so this isn't like you buy something in order like i've seen it with it. you buy an auto and it's like oh 16 to 20 weeks delivery and it's just like nah it's it's in my hand already it's already signed you on know it's card. happening yeah yeah it's yeah for me that was like and again that's kind of like because i'm such a basketball fan i knew that would be a big moment so i was happy to kind of invest into that and and the same thing with uh, with Steph. You're mentioning the second time for the 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 championship set. Um, I had the idea in April. I was so sure that they were going to win that championship, um, and uh, I wanted to do a championship set. And if they didn't end up winning it, I would have just released um, like the past championship cards. Um, but I was so sure they were going to win 2022, and and it worked out. So I was able to include them in it and. And that was pretty cool. Obviously, I didn't drop them the moment they won the championship. None of that crazy stuff. It was, <laughs> uh, it was done on a ring night. But um, it's kind mm-hmm. of cool because I did the previous year. I did uh, Giannis championship cards on ring night as well. So it's kind of like a little trend. So I don't know who wins it this year. Um, that was my next question, Tyson. In fact, um, I just released a podcast episode here on Hoops and Cards on the top six teams in the East and the West and looking at investable player like superstars on teams that have a chance. But if you have if you have some like magic connection to who's going to win this year, dude, I'd love to hear your picks. Oh, man. Well, as a Lakers fan. Well, I mean, as a Lakers fan, it's hard to say this, but yeah, it's hard to look past Boston. Um. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think anyone in the West will win it. Um. I'm. Yeah, I'd say Boston, but it all just comes down to health. At the end of the day, you could pick anyone, and yeah. if they're not healthy, you're not going to win. Like, um, I can't. I can't remember the last non-healthy team that won a championship. I don't. Hmm. I. I. You know, it may have been decades. Um. A lot of the times in the finals, there's a healthy team versus a non-healthy team, and the healthy team always wins. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I think Boston, um, and, you know, maybe I do a Jason Tatum card again. <laughs> Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but how, how about yourself? What, what do you think? Oh, as far as this season, who's yeah. going to win? Um, I think it's got to be somebody from the East. And I, yeah. I think if they're healthy, I, I still love Milwaukee, but Chris Middleton yeah. – what you know when he came back he played two or three games and then he's he's on the shelf again so um i i think boston has as good a chance as anybody and and those guys have been there like they've been to the brink 
and they added Malcolm Brogdon and they've got another year of experience for young guys like Grant Williams and Robert Williams, the third, like they've, I think they can do it. Um, and I think Tatum is elite. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't feel the same about Phoenix. I thought I would coming back this season and they're just not, uh, they're not improving. They're not adding the right pieces. I don't think it feels like, it feels like they haven't had a full team on the court. Like it feels like when Booker's out, Chris Paul's in, when Chris Paul's out, Booker's in. Right. Um, and then there's like a bunch of just like role players and stuff being out. Like they're just, they just got injuries all year, but I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I don't know who's going to come out of the West. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, I tend to move away from teams that have a lot of drama, like the DeAndre Ayton trade rumors yeah. and all that stuff last summer and the the incidents with uh, the coach and everything. Brooklyn, well, obviously, is on fire. Like KD and Kyrie are playing, but how long is that going to last? Uh, Harmony? In yeah, Brooklyn? it's pretty impressive. Though. My pick, uh, it's, it's actually looking okay so far. My pick at the start of the season to come out the West was Pelicans. Uh-huh. Um, I just thought they, they they should have beaten Phoenix last season. Like they they should have won that series. And but this year, I don't know. Um, I was hoping that Brandon Ingram and Zion would be more healthy and available. Well, but and dude, CJ yeah. McCollum grew up oh. fifteen minutes from where I'm sitting right now. He's from yeah. Canton Glen Oak High School, and to see him like he's 24 points a game carrying a lot of the Brandon Ingram load while he's out. But I just wonder what they're going to be like if they do get everybody healthy. They could be unstoppable. I know. They're, they're so deep. Um, and they've mm-hmm. got some great role players. Um, that I, I just, yeah, they were my pick in the West. And, I mean, they might come good. Um, I think their record's pretty good. Um, they, yeah, they're fourth in the West right now. Okay, so not too bad. But um, they're just going to have to get through without Zion. But Ingram's got to come back. Um, uh, he's good. They, I don't know. They're just going to be healthy. and. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, I mean, they, I cannot wait for the East playoffs. I think they're going to be yeah. amazing. I mean, you oh, got and Cleveland here, everybody's so pumped about Donovan Mitchell. We were already excited about Darius Garland and Mobley and, but then to see a guy that can drop 50, 71 the other night. Did you see that? I mean, yeah. Insane. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I saw that he had like, what was it? Like 54 or something at the end of regulation and so you know i was like oh, okay and then like i didn't watch the overtime and then i was like what the hell 71 did it go in like triple <laughs> over- did it go in triple overtime or something right and it was just in single overtime like, i assume he scored like every basket lebron james lebron james why don't you make like a tree and get out of here Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's over. Take care now. Bye-bye then.